Hey friends, and welcome to this week's episode of the U-Turn Podcast. This is your host, Ashley Stahl. I'm a counterterrorism professional turned career coach, speaker, and Forbes blogger, and I created the U-Turn Podcast because, let's face it, every now and again, we realize that we're living life on autopilot, and it's time to wake up and make that U-Turn in your life. So prepare to go deep with some of the most transformational people I know, here to help you grow and upgrade your mindset, whether it's in work or love. Also, be sure to stick around for the end of every episode where I'm going to reflect on the conversation and offer actionable coaching insights to have a real impact on your life. In the meantime, we've opened up access to three free e-courses on uturnpodcast.com. So head on over there if you want to land a new job you love, find your purpose, or launch your dream business. All of these courses are totally free. All you got to do is head on over to uturnpodcast.com. That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N podcast.com. Now let's get started with this week's guest. We were having an interesting conversation the other day, Max Lukavir and I, who Max is also a health expert, and he he's someone I go to all the time, and he said, where are you getting your dopamine hits? Like, wh- what are you doing to get those hits? And so often that's what we're chasing over and over and over again, but it's not actual sustainable happiness. So if you can start to pay attention to those moments where you're saying, okay, I need that hit again, right? It's like addiction and paying attention to that and becoming aware of it. Everything is a state of awareness, right? It's it's how can I slow down, breathe, take a conscious moment to recognize what choice I'm making and why I'm making it. And I think when it comes to food and specifically even just not moving, so often it's it's because we're trying to suppress an emotion or we're trying to get a dopamine hit. Hello, friends. I have such a treat for you today, and it's my very best friend in the whole world, Sarah Ann Stewart, and she is a holistic health practitioner who helps women in their relationships with their body and their relationships with food uh, and with loving themselves, and she's certainly done a lot of that for me. She has incredible meditation skills and meditations on her website and so much more, and I, I figured who better to have here than Sarah, who's helped me so much with my fulfillment and my body, um, talk to you about five steps that you can really use and work to step into a more fulfilling career and a body that you love. Because let's face it, they are linked. Your career and your body are linked and maybe you're not realizing it. So Sarah, thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh. Of course. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I love you so much. Oh. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. And I'm just so thankful for your friendship and the work that you do, because if we don't find a fulfilling career that we love, that impacts our health, our well-being, our relationship with our body and so forth. So again, yes, 100% interconnected. Yeah, it's so it's so crazy. And like, it's just, um, it's so much fun to have you on here because like, I'm always calling you, you know, and, and for those of you listening, I know that you've probably heard me say like, this is a really good friend of mine. Like I, I talk to Sarah probably every day. She's my closest friend. And so you really have a clear look at how I'm doing with my career, with my body. And it's interesting because you have had, and Sarah just published uh, her first book with Hay House, which is coming out soon in the next year. Um, but you've had quite a journey with your body and with your career mm-hmm. and they were mm-hmm. one of the same. So can you share with everybody who maybe this is their first time knowing you, what you went through? Yes. Yes. I would love to share. So 
I um, really got into the career that I do today because of my own personal journey. To backtrack to when I was young, I grew up in a really holistic environment, so much so that we were doing yoga in our basement before yoga was mainstream. My dad was traveling around the country teaching about the mind-body connection and psychology. We were listening to cassette tapes of Deepak Chopra. So I was really in this spiritual world as a child, Um, so much so that when my father was diagnosed with terminal cancer, he decided to not go the Western route, but decided to fight back with alternative medicine and food. And within seven months, the cancer was completely gone. And the doctors were just in shock about how this happened. And I remember at the time, I was really angry with him because he didn't go the traditional route. And the doctors were like, the likelihood of this working um, is very, very low, if if not even possible. And I remember in that experience, I was thinking, well, why do other people not know about how food can actually be medicine? And so I went on my own journey of learning about holistic health and well-being and um and really understanding why this information wasn't accessible to the masses. At the same time, I was scouted to model and I developed a series of eating disorders to the point where 10 years later, I was told, if you do not make a career change, you're going to die. And I remember in that moment, flashing back to when I was young and just thinking, how did this happened to me? Like, how did a girl who grew up with so much knowledge of holistic health get to a place in her life where she's being told that food is actually killing her? And I had so much guilt and so much shame and I couldn't call home. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, I need to create a change in my life. And so I went back to school for nutrition and I went back to school to create this career change. And I started backpacking around the world. But what I learned was that the more nutrition information I got, the more um, my anxiety increased and the worst I actually got. So more information didn't actually result in any change. Mm. And I also realized that my mind was going with me everywhere I went. So although I thought I could run from my problems, actually they were with me. It didn't matter if I was in Australia or New Zealand or um, South Asia they were literally with me the entire time. So I I figured out that I needed to change my subconscious patterns, the part of our brain that is the worry, drama, stress, perfectionism, disappointments, all the things that I had created over this 10 years of working in the fashion industry. And I, I began studying under a coach who told me you must unlearn the way that you were taught to suffer. And over the last 10 years, you've been taught to suffer. And through this process, I really learned that my career was causing me to to just be unhappy and unfulfilled and create these patterns within myself that that lasted for many, many years. And it took many years to unprogram those beliefs. Um, and, And from there, I ended up applying all these principles and these things that I learned to my own coaching practice. And what was so profound was that when I took away the nutrition information that I was giving my clients and I actually helped them with the mindset shifts, that's when their lives began to change. That was when they weren't jumping from coach to coach to coach. That's when they stopped blaming other people for, you know, their health, their well-being, their vitality. Um, and they really started to to create change. And then and then everything took off from there. And I just started creating my own models and and belief systems around what mindset shifts need to take place in order for us to shift our relationship with food and our body. And I love, love, love what you do because if we're not fulfilled in our career, there's this concept of primary foods, which I learned in school, which is everything is food. And Mm -hmm. so your career actually is impacting your health and well-being more than you even imagine. And if you're not fulfilled indirectly, 
impacts, you know, our health, our vitality, what choices we make, how we feel in our bodies and so forth. And, and oftentimes I see with clients that they don't need to really create new health and well-being habits more so than actually going and getting a career coach and figuring out why they're not fulfilled, why they aren't reaching for their purpose and, and what really matters in life. Because when we have that, usually most of the time I see that, that the health and well-being falls into place. I feel like I have so many questions. And it's interesting because I also know in your career with modeling, there was such a tie of you earning money over your body. Do you know what I mean? Right. Right. So what are some things that you are still working through from that time in your life? Yeah. So it's really interesting. I remember a Daniel Laporte quote that's, that I read and it was part of a poem and it it said, are you choosing to pay your rent in hell? Mm -hmm. And I remember that so specifically, and it's never left me because I realized within the the fashion industry, yes, I was 100% choosing this career because it financially was supporting me and I didn't have another option at the time. I also now looking back and doing so much work and and self-development just from from therapy to meditation, mindfulness practice and so forth, I, I now know that I chose that career because of the wounding with my mother and because I was looking for this validation of self-love and love from other people outside of myself. And I, I chose it, um, I got scouted and then it, it was something that I just attached onto because I was like getting these hits of validation. But at the same time, I was also getting these hits of you're not good enough, you're not worthy enough. Um, and so there was this very strong tennis match happening in my head, but that was also playing out the wounding from my relationship with my mother. So I realized that like in our careers, we choose, we choose things based on our wounding patterns, right? We choose things specifically because of where we've been hurt and what we need validation for. Mm. Um, and I realized that I was seeking that validation, but most importantly, it was impacting my health and my well-being. And so I think today, something that I look at specifically as an entrepreneur is it's always, it's always, and I know you can relate to this and a lot of women in our masterminds who we have had these conversations many times, but it's always 30 more minutes, right? 30 more minutes Mm -hmm. on this call, 30 more minutes on, on the book. And and we put our health on the back burner, Totally. but I always say, if we don't have our health, we have nothing. And I think so often we're, we're neglecting and we're not making health a priority, which which is heartbreaking. And I see this so much in the entrepreneur community. And I also think it's confusing. I just went to this conference and the tickets were like 25,000. And it was, it was one of the top conferences in the world. And they were having talks about the new science of health and wellness. But at the same time, they were feeding people donuts and chocolate and diet soda while, while people were walking out of, of literally talks about obesity statistics. So I'm like, it's so convoluted. And to look at the model of how we're being presented to manage our health, our well-being, our stress, and our careers, we can't look at those models. We have to really look within and say, why is health important for me? And and what are the steps that I need to take in order to create sustainable well-being, not instant gratification, but sustainable well-being. So someday down the road, when I do make the financial, you know, success that I'm dreaming of when I have all the things on my 
Pinterest board and my vision board, the house, the white picket fence, the cars, all of these things, I get to actually enjoy them because I feel good. And no one is focusing on feelings. We're all focused on what financial material items we can have. And I think that is something also that definitely needs to be shifted. And why do you think it is that, where do you think it is that we learn that outside things, because this is actually one of your superpowers and I'm just realizing it. I think I knew it in my head, but just saying it out loud, like one of your superpowers, Sarah, is that you're one of the most grounded people when it comes to material things. Like you don't seem to find your identity in them. And I know in our entrepreneurial crowd, there's people that have all different levels of wealth. And it seems to me like you've continued to focus on how you feel. So for anybody listening right now that thinks that their happiness is in their wealth or, or, or not, like what feedback can you have? Because this is a superpower you have, you know? Thank you. <laughs> you, so you know, it is, you have to know. And if you don't, but, I'm going to tell you like 70 times. Seriously. Yeah. Thing. It's, it's so sweet of you. Yeah. I just, I've just looked at, again, I think, I think so often we get caught in the, um, the guilt, the shame that we aren't, taking care of ourselves or, or like doing certain things, right. Or habitual patterns, right. When we look at, even when people come to me about career and so forth. Um, but we forget that our subconscious is overriding our conscious behavior. And I think that we forget that the childhood, our social conditioning, society, media outlets, it's all impacting us. And it's not our fault. Like it is not our fault that we grew up in a space where all of these things have impacted us, Mm -hmm. but it is our responsibility to make the change. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that answers the yeah, question indirectly, but, but I think we have to get to the place where we're like, yeah, I'm, it might not be my fault that all my colleagues are running to the donut stand during lunch. That's what I've been taught that that's what you do when you're stressed and you're in fight or flight because your boss just got angry with everyone for not getting the project done. But that doesn't mean that, that that's what I actually should do. Mm-hmm. And we have to become very conscious and aware of how everyone else is behaving and recognizing that, like my coach says, that we get to break the norms, that these things that are projected upon us are not normal. Like it is not normal to wake up exhausted every single day and dragging your feet to get into work. It's not normal to have six cups of coffee to get through the day. Mm-hmm. It's not normal to to have to, you know, go out every Friday night with your colleagues and drink. Like maybe maybe it's time to recommend a yoga class for team building. Maybe it's, rec- it's time to talk to your boss about creating a meditation program. Like I, I offer my entire team meditation, um, on demand through, through Ziva mind. I, you know, offer them soul cycle once a week. We do meditations together. We do yoga together. We have a whole fridge of healthy foods that they have access to. I've just created a system also because of their interest. Um, and I think it's in time for us to stand empowered to ask for those things. I love this. And kind of going into like your ability to focus on how you feel and your wellness. What do you think it is that gets people stuck in that trap where they really think that their happiness is outside of them? Their happiness is outside of them. I think because we get a hit of it, it's like there was, there was, we were having an interesting conversation the other day, Max Lugavir and I, who Max is also a health um, expert and he He's someone I go to all the time. And he said, where are you getting your dopamine hits? Like, what what are you doing to get those hits? And so often that's what we're chasing over and over and over again, but it's not actual sustainable happiness. So if you can start to pay attention to those moments where 
you're, you're saying, okay, I need that hit again, right? It's like addiction mm-hmm. um, and paying attention to that and becoming aware of it. Everything is a state of awareness, right? It's, it's how can I slow down, breathe, take a conscious moment to recognize what choice I'm making and why I'm making it. And I think when it comes to food, and specifically, even just not moving so often, it's it's because we're trying to suppress an emotion or we're trying to get a dopamine hit. Mm. Um, there was an interesting study about um, about that 40% of people actually use food to cope with anxiety and 42% of people use television over two hours a day to deal with stress. Mm-hmm. I mean, these statistics are insanity. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why are we not becoming consciously aware enough to say, okay, yes, this has been my habit for so many years, but but I'm going to move in a different direction and I'm going to choose something different. Um, and that different is taking a deep breath, moving through mindfully, journaling, um, a lot of the things we can talk about, but, but there are different pattern interruption strategies that allow you to create a different habit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love this. And so kind of going in for everybody now, and it's so interesting just talking to you, Sarah, be- about career, because I'm putting myself in my old shoes in the workforce and trying to remember kind of like my relationship with food, because I remember when I was at the Pentagon, it's like, first of all, the lower on the totem pole people did not have windows. So I was in like a, a room with no windows and like my little joy in between my computer was like getting up for that cu- cup of tea or having that snack. So. I'm curious to hear what you say about all this, but the first step you talked about with a fulfilling career and a body you love is discovering your why or your vision. So for anybody listening right now who wants to step into that, um, how do they discover their why or their vision? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll step into that. And, and in terms of the Pentagon, it was so funny when I was reading your book. I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, Sarah's oh my, editing the U turn book I'm, for me. That's yeah, my best friend, which is too. amazing. I can't wait for it to come out. Your, your listeners are gonna absolutely love it. It's, it's just eye opening and I like tears throughout the whole book. But I, um, I was thinking to myself, wow, like just to see you thrive and in, in how you are now in terms of health and well-being, it was like I can't even imagine you in that in that space now. So it's really transformational to see how far you've come. But in terms of before I get to the why, there's usually two things that I see with clients where their health and their well-being are being sacrificed because or sabotaged for because of their relationship with their career. So. The first is when your relationship with your body holds you back um, from making yourself visible or wanting to fulfill or reach a new level of career. So that's that's the first thing where we use our relationship with our body and we lack the self-confidence to step into the career that we want. And then the second one is where when we're using our career to sabotage our health. So when we're saying, oh my gosh, I love my career. It's so important to me. I don't want to lose my career. So I'm going to sabotage my health. Um, And again, this is probably from a place of unfulfillment, but we have to recognize these two things because sometimes we're not stepping into it because of our body. So we sabotage, we eat, we we say our body doesn't look you know, like a certain size or I can't move forward with my life. And then the other side, we use our career to sabotage our health. So I just wanted to make those clear before we talk about the why, because I think those are really important. And I know you and I have had a lot of discussion around those as well. So, so stepping into fulfilling career using your why. So again, this goes back to kind of what we're talking about before, but 
really focusing on how do you want to feel in your body and how do you how do you want to feel versus how you want to look so a lot of times when i when i meet with clients they they show me a vision board of of girls or celebrities and they're like i want to look like this and i'm like you could look like this but that's not going to change how you feel we want to focus on the internal feeling how do you want to feel in your body? How do you want to feel when you wake up in the morning? How do you want to feel at work? How do you want to feel coming home to your kids? How do you want to feel 10 years from now? And if that feels like too far of a goal, how do you want to feel a year from now? Because the feeling is what's sustainable. It's like if you focus on that, if you reach a goal and wait, that does again, that doesn't mean that you're going to actually achieve how you want to feel. What we're actually chasing is, is the feeling. Mm-hmm. And so focusing on this and creating this belief that you can feel the way you want to feel. And I always say, cut out images, quotes, you know, that really describe that first and foremost. And then why do you want to be healthy for your career? Why do you want to create a a sustainable career in life that, that brings you joy and happiness and so forth? Because again, a lot of times what I see is that your health is an aftermath of your career. A lot of people say, well, I'm going to focus on my health after I retire, or I'm going to focus on my health after I get through this year and get, get the promotion. And then it's, I'm going to focus on after I become CEO and then it's, well, after I retire and then, our health is gone. Yeah, I'm doing that so, with my book. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get better at the gym after this thing is done. <laughs> yeah, and then we don't. what we don't recognize is that you would actually have greater clarity, cognitive health, um, the ability to focus and do all of those things if we were actually taking care of ourselves through the process. And so that's why when we start with the why, why do you want to have your health at the end of your life? why is that? And most of the time people come up with like, I want to be with my grandkids. I want to retire. I want to go, um, travel the world. I want to see things that I'm not able to see when I'm, you know, working, you know, every day, nine to five and so forth. Um, and so, so what are those reasons? And those are really important because they do help with sustainable goals. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when you talk about breaking free from your story, so this is the second step. So those of you listening, if you discover your why of like what you really want to feel, why you want it, and then also breaking free from your story. So what are some stories that people are having in their career or in their relationship with their body that you think you hear commonly? Um, Because I know a lot of people have all sorts of different stories, but are there certain ones that people have that are more common that it comes to blocking them? with the body yes. that they want to have? Yes. Yeah. So the, the second step that I usually walk through people through is this, it's like breaking free of the stories that you've been told your whole life and just becoming conscious and aware of them. And so I think that what, the one that I see the most is I can't have a fulfilling career and be healthy at the same time, which seems so simple, right? But yet people just don't recognize that you can have both. And so I always suggest looking at companies that and organizations that align with the lifestyles that you want to create, focusing on what, where the story came from, focusing on how you can be empowered to talk to your boss, focusing on ways that you can integrate health and well-being into your life. Um, and I just think that there's a story right now specifically that we have to be more productive and that there's a struggle and without the struggle, you're not successful mm-hmm. and life has to be hard and challenging. And this is something I know you talk a lot about with your clients and that's why I love your work is that the things we want don't have to be hard. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Um, and I know it's so easy to hear that from, from someone who's, who's gone there. And yes, we've worked really hard, but it doesn't have to be as challenging where you discredit your health and your well-being and the things that actually matter at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so breaking down that story, looking at that story, where does that story come from? Are you holding on to that story? And then how can you shift by taking actionable steps to let go of that story? Mm, it's so amazing too, because I was thinking about, you know, breaking free of your stories. It's like, there's so many stories, like the stories you were talking about of that I have of like, I'll get healthy when, or I can't get healthy right now because what are like two or three of the biggest reasons people tell themselves they can't have what they want with their body or their career that you tend to hear in your practice? Because I know you coach a lot of people one-on-one through Mm -hmm. their body, love, and their relationship with in their healing, whether it's an eating disorder or just your everyday relationship with food. So what are a few um, arguments that people are making for their limitation? Yeah. So this is so interesting. And I love that you asked this because any example that I'll give you, let's say you that's true for you and you don't heal the wound under it, you're going to transfer it to another excuse. Hmm. So the excuse always gets transferred until you actually look at inside yourself and say, well, why do I actually not want to be healthy? Is this a story from my childhood? Is this a story from my mother telling me that I was always going to be bigger boned or that I, that I was always going to be the sick kid? Like, where is the story actually coming from? The excuse always gets transferred. And so everything from, um, you know, my, my husband won't love me if I don't cook dinner every night and that's my one time to work out, or I need to be there for my kids in the morning, or, you know, there's so many of those sort of like relationship stories, but then they come back to the work because the work is taking up their time in the day. Um, I want to bond with my team and and I don't want to look like an outsider at work. So I'm going to continue to eat pizza and drink wine with them every night. You know, those sort of things too, in terms of connection and collaboration where we don't want to feel like an outsider. Um, I think also just that this is the culture of the workplace and I have to work this many hours. Otherwise I'll be viewed as weak or lazy or that I don't, you know, care as much. Um, I think that's a big one. And, and I always say there's an argument for all of these where, again, if you take care of yourself, you're actually going to be able to show up much stronger and much more professional and even even come up with better ideas if you're meditating and taking care of your your mindfulness practice and doing mindfulness practices mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i love that and um kind of looking at your habits so of these five steps we were talking about for a fulfilling career in a body you love like discovering your why breaking free from your limitations like what are the stories that you're telling yourself to keep you from the body or the career you want What are some other steps that people can step into to break free? Because I know that sometimes we don't even see what our stories are and we don't even know what to do with them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And that's why I think it's really, really important to track your habits. Again, your habits are learned, right? We think we think that they're who we are. They're not. They don't define who we are. They're just, there's something where you saw a colleague taking a break at a certain time of the day and running to get coffee. So you joined and now it's become part of your routine. Mm-hmm. It doesn't define who you are. It's just, it's just become part of your life. And that means you can actually let it go much easier than you think you can. So it's really, really important to just start tracking your habits throughout your day. Like what time are you waking up? How are you feeling? Um, and I always just, I do emotional food journey with my clients where we track how you actually feel before, during, and after your your eating. But if it's coming to the career, the career side of things, I think just paying attention to what you're doing all day long and then how are your colleagues 
your relationships, your, um, your, even your weekly meetings impacting your, your decisions and when you get triggered and then writing down when you get triggered, also writing down what you do from the trigger. And that's the most important part. So your habits and then when you're getting triggered throughout the day and then what you're doing to interrupt when you do get triggered. Mm -hmm. So for example, I had a client who, um, there was a specific time of the day she always had a meeting or specific time of the week. She always had a meeting and she always would binge the night before and the morning of because she was in so much anxiety around this meeting and she wasn't even aware that the meeting was causing the binge. Right. And so that's a very, um, that, that'd be something that someone could, could see very instantly, or it could be something that it would take a couple of weeks to track and notice, okay, throughout the week, I'm getting triggered. This is how I'm responding. How is this impacting my health and well-being? And then what is the habit that needs to shift? Oh, love that. Okay. Hey, U-Turners, so sorry for the quick interruption, but I want to make sure you know that this episode has been brought to you by the Career Clarity Lab, the online course to help you find your career purpose in the workforce and upgrade your confidence. So if you're ready to unlock the best career path for you and you'd like to try a free version of our Clarity course, just head on over to U-TurnPodcast.com slash Clarity. That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N podcast.com slash Clarity. Now let's get back to this week's episode. Habits are so sneaky, you know, like we don't even Mm -hmm. notice them like all the way from like a habit of eating poorly to like picking your nose. Like some people don't even realize they're doing it. So do you have any like thoughts or tools of like how people can start to raise the awareness of habits that maybe they don't even realize they're so in? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to ask yourself in every moment if the behavior isn't in alignment with you, you know, if the behavior isn't in alignment, right? It's the same as it's the same as like, we know what's healthy and what's not, mm-hmm. but we're just choosing what's not because it's suppressing an emotion that we're feeling. So I think it's really important to ask yourself in the moment, um, you know, if I could uplevel my life, if in this moment there could be a shift in my awareness that would allow me to see what it is that I truly desire, what would that be? Because for example, maybe you're in a circumstance and you're getting triggered because you're not being challenged in your current role. And like, there isn't enough creative stimulation. Maybe, um, you're a person that wants more human interaction and you're sitting at your desk all day. Maybe you're in a situation where you need a way to cope with the pressure, right. Of, of the meeting with your boss. You might not be aware right in that moment, but you can always ask yourself, what is it that I truly need in this moment? Close your eyes, connect to your heart and listen. And I would say, 99% of the time, my clients will come back to me and say, oh my gosh, I heard, I heard the voice. Like I want to be in an environment that's more creative. I need stimulation. I'm not happy at my computer all day. I actually want to be outside and doing something more creative. Like you'll hear it, Mm -hmm. but then it's having the courage to actually take the action step to make the change. Mm -hmm. Got it. And I love what you were saying when it comes to figuring out your habits is like figuring out what you want that you're not making happen because usually there's just habits that are keeping you. So really looking at what do I want? Why isn't it happening? What are the habits Mm -hmm. that I have that are keeping me and what are the thoughts that keep me in this habit, which kind of goes back to breaking free from your story. So great. 
Right. Um, and then the fourth thing you talked about was choosing a pattern interrupt strategy. So I'm excited to hear about this because I've been to some seminars where they're like, put a band on your wrist and slap your wrist. Like, you know what I mean? Like different pattern interrupts. Like what are some ways to, for everybody listening to kind of, maybe they're doing this work now, they're thinking about their why, or maybe they're having a little date with a friend and talking about it because sometimes that helps. And they're Mm -hmm. looking at what are their, why aren't they where they want to be? Like what habits Mm -hmm. are, or stories are keeping them there? And then they kind of get to this area of pattern interrupting. So choosing a pattern interrupt strategy. What do you suggest for that? Yeah. So the most profound one I've seen at work, because at work, usually we're in fight or flight and we're moving and operating from that place. And when we're operating from that place, we're not in rest or digest. And we actually make decisions from kind of that chaotic state. It's just regulating your nervous system. And it sounds so, so crazy, but actually just taking four or five deep breaths and we say, okay, five breaths, that's nothing. But if you are actually to sit down and consciously take five breaths, it's actually quite a bit. So regulating your nervous system, I I always suggest having some music that's like upbeat on your phone that you can literally just, again, interrupt the pattern, having some meditation apps on your phone, um, actually working with a meditation teacher so that you can take five minute, a five minute break. And instead of going, if, you, if you're triggered to go to like, say the break room, you're actually connecting to yourself because the problem is, is like, we're going to do something to suppress something, but yet then we don't hear the truth from ourselves, right? We don't hear the part of ourselves that is actually voicing that we need something. And so anything that brings you back to yourself, anything that allows you to access the part of your intuition that you need in that moment to hear the answer of what it is that that actually would serve you mm. and serve your highest good. And so I know you talk a lot about like morning pages and free flow writing. I know we do a lot of that together. Anything that just interrupts the pattern, but then brings you back to yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, I have clients who are like scared to put their headphones on and they'll go in the bathroom and they'll just do five minutes of deep breathing in the stall. It's like whatever you need to do to just get back to yourself. And then the second step is obviously having the courage to go and do the thing that you're being told internally to do right so whatever that internal voice is so maybe it's have the conversation with the boss maybe it's tell the colleagues that you want to shift the outings to doing yoga in the morning maybe it's recognizing that you need to leave your job and taking the actionable steps to do that maybe it's starting a side business at the same time there's all these things that we can do but when we're in fear and when we use food to cope and suppress what it is that is our truth, we'll never take those actionable steps to move into something that's going to bring us more fulfillment. Mm -hmm. Um, And we'll continue to sabotage over and over and over again until we get sick enough where we wake up. Um, And that's my goal is to prevent that for everyone because I think there's so many things we can do to prevent that. Yeah, it's so true. It's I love kind of what you were saying about like coming back to yourself, which I know writing U-turn, it's all about that to me. But one thing that you mentioned that is kind of like a piece of content that I share in my courses is about getting inspiration. And a lot of people, when they feel stuck, they're kind of focused on like, what's the answer? What do I do next? And what I've found over the years is like a better question for me has been, what circumstance do I need to put myself in to get back to me? And Mm -hmm. usually that circumstance involves you in a spa or like, (laughs) you know, like us and the girls hanging out, you know, but sometimes it means me going to my hip hop classes or, you know, bless Sarah, everybody listening for my birthday one year, she had a hip hop instructor at her house, getting (laughs) all of us to dance in the living room. But 
there's like different, different ways of being. And when I really look at my life and I think if you're listening right now and you're kind of tuning into yourself of like, what is my pattern interrupt strategy? How do I get back to myself? It's like, I don't know. I've noticed that when I go to Vegas and dance with my friends, I kind of get back into my energy and like, you're Mm -hmm. the first one to know that Sarah. So it's like, everybody has a different way of feeling connected, but when you're connected, you can hear so many answers. And that's why I love your fifth step about trusting that this kind of work on your well-being is going to positively impact your career. So kind of bringing it back to this circle between your career and your body and your relationship to your health. So what does this look like when you really trust um, that working mm-hmm. on your well-being is going to help your career? Yeah. So the interesting thing, and when a lot of people come to me and they start meditation or we start working together or they start this work, there is there's a phase, right? Where you have to trust and you have to have faith in it because anything that's sustainable, you're not going to have the instant gratification hit that you're promised from watching infomercials and looking at the media where it's like 10 pounds in 10 days. And all of a sudden you have energy and you're alive again. And like everything's falling into place. It just doesn't happen that way. Um, unfortunately I do think you can see the benefits, right. Of eating clean for a few days. I think you can see the benefits of working out one or two times, but to create sustainable change where you feel good every day, it takes some time. And, and I just think that in terms of cognitive health and increasing your mental clarity, um, sleeping better, accomplishing more in less amount of time, decreasing brain fog, increasing your memory, clarity, focus, all of these things take a little bit of time and that requires trust. Um, And it requires having the trust in yourself that you're going to commit to your health and well-being. You're going to look at your habits. You're going to pattern interrupt. You're going to come back to yourself and then you're going to say, yeah, this might take two or three weeks. This might take four or five months. But if I don't do this, where will I be instead in four or five months? Um, and that requires a level of commitment, a level, level of willingness and discipline. And, and just, again, coming back to your why, which we started with looking at why do I want to be healthy? Why is this important to me? Why, why am I going to one of my favorite, favorite quotes is prevention is better than a cure. Why am I going to focus on prevention? Even though every single doctor, you know, talks about the band-aid approach and giving 99% of doctors, there are, there are some several good ones that do talk about nutrition, but most doctors, the way we've been taught, it's, it's what's the band-aid approach when you get sick. So changing this belief requires that level of trust. And I always, I always prep everyone who comes to me. I'm like, this is not an instant fix. If you're wanting to get ready for a wedding in two weeks, like I'm not the person for you because this is about creating sustainable change so that you're healthy two, three, four years down the road when you're, when you are married versus just focusing on, on getting ready for your wedding. Okay. So a couple rapid fire questions. The first one is around brain fog. Like what do you think is the root of brain fog? Um, and what is a good step somebody could take to get out of it? Yeah, that's such a good question. I think we are living in in a world. Someone again, Max Lugavere is a perfect example of someone to to follow his um his the genius foods. I've learned so much from it. But basically, the number one thing that's causing brain fog is in, inflammation, in my opinion. And so sugar, mm-hmm. corn, dairy, soy, all the things yeah, <laughs> that, that we love. Those things, pro- yeah. and and mostly processed food. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that I would say cutting, cutting out processed food. It's so, it's, it's so interesting, right? Like we know we shouldn't be eating packaged food all day. We know it doesn't come from the earth, but why are we doing it? And again, it comes back to, well, it's easy. It's convenient. We can grab it on the go. You know, we can get it at the gas station, but then do you want to suffer from 
brain fog? Do you want to suffer from memory loss? Do you want to not know where your keys are? You know, those are the kind of questions I ask. And everyone's like, no, well, we know that sleep, meditation, mindfulness, clean food, water, Mm -hmm. hydration, the, the, the very, very simple things are the things that actually make us healthy. Um, yeah, there was, there was a interesting, the, the journal that came out, it was the journal of occupational environmental medicine that studied 40, 485 other studies. And they all indicated the same thing, which was like, your job is directly impacting your health, your weight, your well-being in all areas of your life. And then there was another study that said like the, the most important things to your health are sleep, clean food, um, mindfulness, and something else that was like so basic. It was, it was like, <laughs> oh, X movement, movement, movement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's like, these are the things we know, right? Yeah. That isn't that funny. Like the, the whole wellness space, like I was, was it you that I was joking with where I'm like, I could save everybody a dollar on the wellness space, like get enough sleep, <laughs> drink water and go to the gym, you know? And decrease stress. Yeah. Decrease stress. I mean, stress is the, you know, I think 44% um, of people are reporting that their stress levels have increased just in the last five years. And stress is linked to six of the leading causes of death. I mean, it's, again, this isn't, you know, brain surgery. We just have to do the things that we're taught to do in terms of health and well-being um, and, and not get so sucked in the the trends of like, okay, well, I have to revamp my entire fridge and only eat X, Y, and Z. Otherwise I'm not going to be healthy. I think there are important things that help us cure chronic sickness. If, if, if you are trying to heal something very significant, but like start with the basics, start with the basics. Like don't overwhelm yourself, especially if you are stressed and you are busy, you know, and I speak from a lot of, um, a place of complete compassion. I know what it's like to be working multiple jobs and paying rent to rent and being like, how am I even going to get a half an hour of movement in? And I can tell you, you can do it. You, you can do it. Mm-hmm. It is possible. I love it. Okay. This is so good. And kind of just like my final question for you is like, if you could go back in time and tell yourself one thing when you were in your modeling career and your relationship with your body and your mindset around it wasn't as healthy as it is today, what's one message you would give yourself? So there's an, uh, a recent um, thing that I've been teaching and I think it's been so, so helpful that I wish someone would have taught to me growing up was whenever you don't know whether to make a decision or not, close your eyes, connect your heart and ask yourself, am I operating from a place of self-love or self-sabotage? And I think it's so important with health and well-being because right now we're culturally saying, well, if I love myself, I'm just going to, you know, sit and watch Netflix all day and not work out and eat pizza. And and those things are totally fine. But if you're operating from that place, is that really Mm self-love? Is that really self-love or is that self-sabotage? Are you sabotaging your health and well-being because you're scared of something else because you don't want to go to the house because you don't want to be seen? And I think when you can ask yourself that simple question, it's a really, really profound question to ask. I know that when we were on that panel, we did a panel like what, a couple months ago, and Mm -hmm. and you said you were sharing that self-love sometimes is is balancing your debt. It's looking at where you're struggling. And and I just think if you can ask yourself in every moment, do I need to do this from a place of self-love? Or if I avoid balancing my debt, if I avoid 
switching careers is the self-sabotage because I don't want to actually look inside. Mm-hmm. 100%. I love this. I love that question. Is this self-sabotage or is this self-love? Sarah, you are the best. Everybody, she's going to have her book coming out. I'll probably have you back on to talk about that when it's out next year. And thank you so much for being here with everybody. Thank you so much for having me. I love you so much. I'm so grateful and so, so blessed to have you as a friend. And for everyone listening, just soak up Ash's knowledge. Oh my gosh, so biased. (laughs) I'm I'm biased, but because you're my best friend, of course, I will say say that openly, but also it's just the amount of profound wisdom and knowledge that you offer. It's just, it's just incredible that you give all this content for free. And it's just so amazing to see you. Um, and to also know a lot of the women that you've worked with and you've changed their lives and found, help them find careers that they absolutely love and adore and they get to create impact and so forth. And so it's just, it's been such a beautiful process being your friend and getting to witness Mm. you in, in this and uh, writing your book and so forth. So thank you for having me. I love you. Hello friends, it's Ash here. And uh, did you know that 80 to 91% of women don't like their body? That's what the recent research studies have shown. Um, Some numbers are 80%, some I'm seeing as high as 91, 92%. That means that most women we walk past don't feel at home in their body, don't like what they look like. And more than half of Americans don't like their weight, which I'm guessing would be so much more. And I can't help but wonder as a career coach, what that does to your being when you're in your career, your pride, your energy, your confidence. And and that's why to me, feeling at home in your body, feeling good in your body is such a big deal for the success that you can create or not in your career. And my wish for you and for anyone else is to feel at home with themselves. And I think that's really the premise of U-Turn and why I'm writing it, because it's not just going to be a career book. It's all about how do you feel connected to who you really are? How do you come back to who you really are when we get lost over all of these years, um, buying into so many different limitations about what's possible or who we should be or whatever have you. And having Sarah as my best friend, um, she's the close, probably the closest friend I have other than Nicole Naupavar. And it's the two of them that really um, I'm so vulnerable and open with. And one of the breakthroughs that I had with them was, you know, after paying a half million dollars of debt off, which I'm super proud of, you know, it's like, I kind of felt like this little baby after where I was like, whoa, now I need to learn how to manage money because I just paid off all this and I never want to create that result again. And one of the biggest shockers for me was realizing that on a personal note, when I um, am making expenses that might not be aligned with what's best for me, meaning like maybe it's not the best time to invest in X, Y, or Z, but the reason I've been doing certain things outside of business, so personally, like maybe it's getting my nails done, getting my hair done. Um, I've noticed that a lot of the purchases I make on a personal note have to do with a lack of self-love with my body, my body image, my beauty. And here's what I mean. Um, let's say I want to get a facial. Um, there's two drivers for that. One could just be like, I want to take care of my skin. It's going to be with me the rest of my life. And that's true. But what was really true was I don't want to get wrinkles. I want to be pretty. I want to be desirable, especially when I was dating. It was like, oh my God, I can't have a breakout. Like I'm dating right now. Um, or like, I can't, you know, my nails always need to be done. Like, what if, you know, like I'm on a date and I like, I want to look put together and polished. Like what story are they going to make about me if I look like these, you know, cause sometimes I have, I like, I'll pick up my nail polish and 
have what literally looks like little islands of nail polish in the center of my nail. <laughs> um, and it's just been so empowering for me to realize that a lot of the expenses that would put me into debt personally, if I didn't check myself, are things that relate to not loving myself enough or wanting to use my money as a tool to be more lovable. When the truth of the matter is your body image and how you feel about yourself is going to leak everywhere until you tend to it. And so the biggest question I have for you is what do you, what's a real goal for how you want to feel in your body kind of relating to this episode. Um, so in my case, one way I want to feel is energized and I've had a lot of brain fog. I've woke up, woke up too many mornings tired. So what's one goal that I have as it relates to how I want to feel my body. And then the second thing is why, why aren't I there? So what do I, what do you want and why aren't you there? Um, so what, one goal I want to have is being ha having energy. And why aren't I there? Because I love candy. I have a sweet tooth. And sugar makes me feel like total shit. But I can't help but eat it because I love it. So I have this like frenemy relationship with sugar. And then when I look at, well, why do I keep eating the sugar when I love it, but I know it makes me feel bad? I take a look at the stories that I have. And some stories that I've worked through are, life's no fun without sugar. Sugar's something that we celebrate with. It, I crave sugar. I, feel, I kind of suffer if I don't have it after. Like I have a very addictive relationship to sugar. And it was so powerful for me to look at what do I want and what's blocking me and then to be able to call myself forward into more self-love with my body image, with my my mind, my, my um, wellness as a whole. And so my invitation for you is to look at what do you really want with your body and why aren't you there? And whatever that thing is outside of you, what are the thoughts that keep you doing that thing, that habit like Sarah talked about? Because um, the thing about body image is that it affects your confidence and your confidence shows up in how you hold yourself and how you communicate. And given that most of uh, communication is through unspoken body language, you know, it's like so powerful to take, I sound like such a valley girl. It's like so powerful to look at your body image, but it is. So my invitation to you today is to really look at how do you want to feel and why aren't you there? And what are the stories that keep you from breaking free of that? Uh, and calling yourself forward, you know? So in my case, it's been on so many levels. Like when I want to make a purchase to be more beautiful, it's like, I'm about to make a purchase. I'm like, why am I doing this? And it's like, well, cause I don't want to get wrinkles and show age or whatever the hell, you know, my mind is telling me. And then the kind of thought is, well, do I need this? Is this a good investment for me right now? And if it's coming from fear, like I want to be loved and I'm scared, I'm not making that investment. If it's coming from inspiration and I'm not going to fake myself out, I'm not going to say, oh, it's not coming from fear, but really it is. So it's really getting grounded in what is the truth that's motivating me behind my investments. And that's what I want to invite you into um, with your body love. Like what is the truth? Why aren't you getting where you want to go? What are you telling yourself? And how is your low confidence or body image affecting you elsewhere? How is it affecting your love life? How is it affecting your career? How you carry yourself in the office? What you wear to work? Like all of these different things. So I would love any questions from you, any shout outs from you on Instagram, because I think this topic is interesting and I feel like I'm just touching the surface and I have a chapter in U-Turn about how different events in my life have translated into damage or pain in my career that I would have never expected. And um, it's bizarre and it's also true. So there's so much here. I would love to hear from you and I can't wait to connect next week.
Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode of the U-Turn Podcast. We keep really detailed show notes at U-TurnPodcast.com. So if our guest mentioned a book or a resource that you're interested in, you'll be able to find that there. In the meantime, if you were inspired by this episode, if it made an impact in your life, we would be so grateful if you subscribed and posted a review for us on iTunes. Rumor has it on the street, the more reviews we get, the more subscribes we get, the more we can grow and get our impact out there in the world. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you at Ashley Stahl on Instagram. I'm so grateful for connecting and I look forward to next week's episode.